Hello. Hello. I'm Emma. Ich heiße Shannon. Oh, we got German. <laughs> Welcome to this podcast doesn't exist. Another repost for y'all because it is the holiday season. Welcome in Christmas time. Welcome. <laughs> is, the, is this in Germany? It came from Germany okay, and became great. a Pennsylvania Dutch yes, situation. I recall this yes. now. Yes, uh, this this week is is Belschnickel, my friends. Clearly, I need the repost. Yeah, I mean it's a fun one. I will give a slight update because I remember we talked about our Christmas pub crawl, Christmas crawl oh, yes. uh, last year, that we, which is when this episode the last aired. time I saw our favorite Fair cryptid, cryptid Greg. Greg. Yeah, but. I had mentioned that I maybe dress up as Belschnickel and have like a kazoo on my way out the way that he's got like his little stuff. So I did not do that. Just so everyone's aware, uh, it is on the books to eventually do for myself at some point in my life because honestly, it's a it's a good it's a good. You'll do that. And Holland will come as sexy Krampus. Yes, it'll be great. (laughs) It'll be great. It'll be great. Well, (laughs) category is. categories i don't know i'm like in the ether holidays what would they do on (laughs) revolves drag race ho ho holidays yeah something holiday hoes holiday hoes i'm serving krampus a real Real mess (laughs) i am just living the fantasy i'm just here i'm giving grilla's seven sons and i'm here to lick all your spoons. <laughs> and on that note, happy holidays, everybody. And a happy new year. Hello. Hello. Is it me you're looking for? No, I was going Adele. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that tells you what I grew up on. I'm Emma. I'm Shannon. And welcome to this podcast doesn't exist. Wait, we gotta make it festive now. We gotta make some some festive intros because it's almost Christmas. Oh, it's beginning to look a lot like murder. <laughs> Soon I'll start to cry, <laughs> but not until the new year. Because Emma made a promise. I just don't know how to make this rhyme. Wee! That was good. <laughs> I really put you on the spot. I'm so sorry. I was thinking you were going to hum jingle bells. No, I was like, I, was, I gotta so commit. I looked around like, where are my keys? Like, <laughs> you know, like, I feel like on radio shows or like whatever commercials, it'll like jingle. And then it just like kind of fades to like a soft like. Yeah. My favorite are the videos of people singing. Oh, what is it called? Yeah, those are my favorite because it's always either or sleigh ride, sleigh ride. There's a there's always a kid in the back, kid in the back, like smack, smack. It's great. Or there's that that one video of that woman. I think it was Jingle Bells though. She's just like rocking out, and everyone else is like, like choir, like appropriate. She's got glasses on. Somebody took an edible before the choir. An amazing time, and I wish, I wish that I had the bravery. I think to do that. I don't know if I'm brave enough to do that. I don't really want to call attention to myself. 
As you get older, you will. Maybe. As you get older, you give fewer fucks is the impression I've gotten from both. Yeah, I honestly think that'll probably happen. At a certain point, it'll just be one day where I just, all my fucks drop, and I'm like, nope. Look upon my field of fucks. <laughs> they are gone. And see that it is barren. See. I mean, I'm already kind of there. Like, I do, I do the silly walks in public and, like, interpretive dance in the office, so. That's fun. It's a shorter road for me, I think. <laughs> I did like the way you said that. <laughs> Eyes wide, mouth small. Which <laughs> is a shorter road. <laughs> Life is a highway. I don't want to ride it. Oh, not wrong. That only makes sense if Emma keeps the cold open that we yeah. get. <laughs> you're welcome, friends. Uh, if you're interested in listening to more of this chaos... <laughs> Go ahead and visit our website at thispodcastdoesnexist.com. Dot com. You can find everything there. There's our episodes. There are our social medias. There's a link that you can click that you can send us a cute little email that might not be cute. Come and scare us. I dare you. Yeah. So join in the fun. We're getting Christmassy today. Oh, Oh. That makes sense. She asked me if my podcast was last week's, because we were recording them all at once. She uh, she was like, is, is yours Christmassy? And I was like, no. She's like, great. Great. <laughs> I, I get to be the first this year to sneak in some holiday spirit. So, you ready? Uh, yes. Because we're going back to both of your hometowns. Oh, what? Yeah, they're linked, weirdly. Not directly. There's no, like, Heidelberg and Carlisle, like, immediate link in here. There's but general areas. spy network? No. General areas. Okay. So, there's always some weird Christmas monster lurking around somewhere. Mm-hmm. As we found out from last year, we have the Yule Lads and Grula. Grula? Grula. I always forget how to say her name. The Icelandic Christmas Witch. Yes, and the Yule Cat, which I now own. Yeah. I'm very happy about it. This dirty Santa Claus might not be the one you want dropping presents off for your kids, but if nothing else, he'll leave a lasting impression. Oh, boy. Belschnickel. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, this feels familiar. Yep. Or Nicholas with the fur. With the fur! With the fur! The whole time, the minute I read that, I, it, I was like, Nick with the fur, with the fur, is in my head the whole time I was doing this. So, you're welcome, everybody. Belschnickel is usually dressed in thick furs, as his name would suggest, and tattered clothes with his sooty face covered. His name doesn't have anything to do with bells. It comes from <laughs> pels, meaning hide or pelt or fur. So that's why he's covered in furs. Mm-hmm. But sometimes he does carry bells or chains to signal his arrival. Mm-hmm. I roll up to a party. <laughs> With bells on. <laughs> bells on. He kind of looks like he needs a good bath. He carries a hazelwood switch in one hand and has the other on a bag of goodies slung over his shoulder. Sometimes he wears horns or on his head or the antlers of a deer. He smells gross, he's got a long tongue, and honestly, I would probably not let my kids near him if I were a parent. There's something about Christmas and tongues, apparently, because the Yule Lads were licking everything. Yeah. And now we've got a grungy old Santa with a long tongue. 
that I mean, freaks me I out. I feel like it really just brings home the the like you better be good, you better behave, or I'm gonna lick your face. No, like here in the states, <laughs> you know, we've got like Elf on the Shelf. It's oh, like right. a huge Golly. thing for the the young generation. Don't know when that started. My goddaughter and her sister have an Elf named oh, Loretta. Oh, she has a name. Oh yeah, they all have names. You name them. I okay. I didn't experience this. We had. Carmella, which is my grandmother's troll doll. Oh. That is now missing her hands and feet because a dog got a hold of it. But my mother has made dresses for her and has done photo shoots for her. So we have Carmella. Cute. But uh, we do not have an elf. And for some reason, elves freak me out more than the troll doll <laughs> that my grandmother has kept since the 70s. <laughs> hmm. Interesting. <laughs> now I'm saying it out loud. Anyway, but they're basically, <laughs> they're like, they're essentially Santa's spy network. Yeah, of like, we're see, we like, see you when you're sleeping. Which is even more creepy to me than just like, oh, Santa knows all, is all knowing. But anyway, but like here in the States, it's just like, oh, you better behave or I'm mm-hmm. going to tell Loretta the elf and she's going to tell Santa and you might not get a present. Yep. But I feel like <laughs> it feels very much on brand for like Europe, old country to be like, we have dirty no, Santa. No, it's not that you won't get a present. It's that he'll whip you with chains and then lick your face. Like, <laughs> you know, it just feels more grunge. Like, not that you're a grungy, but, you it's know, emo. it just feels more old world. You're not wrong. Because stories of Belsnickel started in southern Germany, but were brought to America with the Pennsylvania Dutch and now mm. persist throughout Pennsylvania and other parts of the Shenandoah Valley. So he and his tradition are pretty well preserved there, but also in Indiana, Brazilian German communities, Newfoundland, and Nova Scotia. Hmm. So he's all around. Belsnickel is a companion to St. Nicholas in most of these stories, but he does not accompany him on his Christmas Eve tasks. Similar to the elf on the shelf, Belsnickel works alone. Mm-hmm. He arrives between the first week of December and the week of Christmas. So Belsnickel's here. That's what I'm telling you while you're listening to this. He's behind you. He's behind you. <laughs> he has multiple names, and I love these. So here's a few. Of course, Belschnickel, Pelsnickel, Belsnickel, Chris Kinkle, not Kringle, Kinkle, <laughs> the Furry Nick, Buttsnickel, Mummel, Old Nick, which apparently is also a name for the devil, and the Christmas woman. Wide variety. Huh. Got a lot going on. All of these refer to this dirty Santa and his weird visits to families before Christmas. Hmm. Belsnickel's own tasks vary slightly in certain traditions, but overall have the same effect. Among the Pennsylvania Dutch, Belsnickel arrives during his usual office hours to a home and raps on a window or knocks on a door with his hazelwood or birch switch. They would open the door to sweaty, smelly, masked Belsnickel, and when he was invited in by the adults, one by one, he would ask each child a question or ask them to sing him a song. Usually, the question was if they had been good that year, and he would, like, persist and give, like, ask them to give examples of, like, mm. what they'd been doing Your annual well. performance review. Yes. <laughs> I see. Belsnickel is Exceptional, high-performing, proficient, yeah. or... He's got it undesirable. Underneath all those pelts, he's got his little checklist on a, on a board. <laughs> Clipboard. Yep. 
The song, according to an 1842 memoir called The Rural and Domestic Life of Germany, could be, quote, Christ child come, make me good, that I may come to thee in heaven. End quote. A banger. Really, though. Festive as heck. Right? If the answer was appropriate or the song was correct, Bell Snickle would then open his sack and toss the contents on the floor for all of them. These were often cakes, nuts, or candies. If the kids jumped too quickly for the treats, they were beaten with his switch. Yeah. Yeah. If they waited for permission, they would be spared the beating. Once Bell Snickle was satisfied, the children would descend on the goodies and Bell Snickle would disappear. In some cases, he would leave behind the switch as a gesture of warning. So, absolutely terrifying for young children, <laughs> I am sure. His supposed purpose seems to be preparing the children for Christmas, as well as the whole, we're gonna, Santa's mm-hmm. gonna know yeah. if you're bad. If they aren't good now, they'll literally have it beaten into them. They're whipped into shape. Uh, what and you whipped into, into shape, and I say jump, say how high. You're welcome. If they're good now, they'll probably continue being good until Christmas, so. The majority of this tradition of Belsnickel comes from the 19th century, a time when presents of material worth were hard to come by for most immigrant families, and treats such as nuts, candies, and sweets of all sorts were extremely desirable. So Belsnickel's bag of goodies was something irresistible to children who were visited by him. He was a harbinger of Christmas, the bringer of both gifts and extreme discipline, and he's still visiting children today. In the same way that the McCarthys have Santa visit the kids, so did many families of the 19th and 20th centuries have Bell Snickle visit theirs. In some areas, he still does. A woman from Auburn, Pennsylvania recounted to Patrick Don Moyer of Pennsylvania Heritage Magazine her encounter in the mid-20th century. Quote, There was a rush of noise outside that broke the silence of the winter night, a clanging of chains and a scratching at the kitchen window. Mother encouraged my brother and me to leave the dinner table to see who was outside. At the window, a ghastly masked face greeted us with an unearthly cackle. Clad in a rumpled fur overcoat, the figure carried an old gunny sack in one hand and a bundle of switches in the other. It was the bellsnickel. Much to our horror, Mother proceeded to open the kitchen window, (laughs) allowing the bellsnickel to place pieces of candies in a crooked line on the sill for us. My brother did his best to hide himself in my mother's dark skirts while the Belsnickel asked if we had been good that year. Only when we had provided sufficient evidence to the positive were we allowed to take the candy, lest the Belsnickel make use of his cruel switches. End quote. The likelihood that this was actually Belsnickel is obviously pretty low, but honestly, that's a little more terrifying that this was a neighbor or a parent or an adult who was okay scaring little kids. Yeah, some stranger. It's the history teacher. That's also the lacrosse coach. Yeah, it's a little. Yeah, it's a little much. Or a gym teacher. Yeah, They're someone who's sadistic. Yeah, someone who's okay with terrifying children. Back in Germany in the 1840s, the role of Belsnickel often went to a servant or other dependent who was told information about the children and how they had behaved, so that when he appeared at the door, he would seem omniscient to the kids cowering in front of him as they were questioned. Oh, I like it. Yeah, so it's the, he sees you when you're sleeping. The mind game. Yeah. He knows. He knows everything, and he will tell Santa. Mm -hmm. In the 19th and 20th centuries, Belsnickel was more often played by neighbors, older male family members, or an adult in the town who went around to all the families. Mm -hmm. 
This eventually turned into the tradition of bell snickling in North America, mm-hmm. where a collective masked mob would dress up as the dirty Santa or other variety of costumes, gender swapping often, and would take to the streets and perform door to door in exchange for food or drink. There are a few places this tradition could have come from and conflated with Belsnickel, including the Austrian Perchentklauf, sorry, <laughs> which was a procession every year through the Alpine communities that was accompanied by woolly demons in huge horned masks. Yeah. The process was associated with fertility, with those who were whipped by the horny devils assured of blessing the following year and bountiful harvest for farms the revelers danced through. You seemed like you were going to say something. What's oh, up? I just, dear listeners, we're going on a little festive oh, bar yeah. call with Greg, oh who God. you may remember. Yes. We had, we had such fond memories of our last one. And that was years ago. That we, he got an email, like, the week that he recorded <laughs> with us. Later that week, he, like, forwarded this email. It's like a DC Santa bar crawl. And yeah. my face that I was just making, Emma, was... I feel like somebody needs to dress up as Belschnickel. <laughs> I I only have bought one part of my costume, so I mean, I would be warm. <laughs> you would be warm. People would, no one would flirt with you on un- Oh, that would be really nice. I would really appreciate that. <laughs> I don't know if the bar would let you in with like a, a mask. Because that feels like oh, that a too. weapon. <laughs> That's also but, fair. But, uh, you know. I'll bring a feather duster. It'll or be like fine. a Indiana Jones like costume whip that like there doesn't actually like, like do extend anything. or anything. Yeah, I'm into that. I'll think about it. I'll see if I can figure it out. It'll be really fun. Maybe maybe we can get Stanley to do it. Maybe. <laughs> there are some delightful and terrifying photographs from the turn of this 20th century through today of Bell Snicklers, and I want to join. It's like caroling or trick-or-treating, but better. You just hopping through your neighborhood being like, hi, give us candy. (laughs) Me. The following is an account from the Harrisburg Telegraph on Boxing Day, 1879. Wow. Quote, Bell Snickles in the most outlandish costumes were out in droves. They infested the stores and played on antique instruments as a prelude to passing round the hat and generally departed with a parting salute on their tin horns. Some were quite proficient as musicians, but the majority were simply frightful. We regret to say that some of them were the worse for liquor. <laughs> End quote. <laughs> <laughs> we every bar we leave, you pull out a kazoo and you're like, <laughs> I would love that. I'm gonna do it. I thought I'm gonna record every time. <laughs> By the end, it's just you going. <laughs> I'm into that. That sounds like a heck of a lot of fun. <laughs> but I feel like I feel like last year there was a, a a preponderance of like goth christmas stuff so i bet you could find like a black santa hat and just like wear your like little goth clothes like rub some (laughs) a little goth clothes some like dirt on your face not actual deep but you know like makeup (laughs) yeah i can make myself like dirty i'm dirty santa (laughs) you print out cards that have a a qr code to our podcast you're like i was thinking of bringing stickers because i have that whole thing of stickers so we could print out a qr code and stickers Some troops would become a bit too rowdy and vandalize or commit other petty crimes, but mostly it was in good fun of just being silly throughout the community, which I appreciate versus scaring the living daylights out of children. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I guess. Unless they're awful children, they don't deserve it. (laughs) As the 20th century moved on, however, most Americans were expecting Santa, and the rural communities who had embraced Belsnickel were blending the dirty Santa with the clean one. Sometimes unsuccessfully. From Pennsylvania Heritage Magazine, this is the article I read in this magazine. It's beautiful. He wrote it really well. Go read it. It's in the show notes. But it says, quote, Geralt Hansjorg, Old John George, Pennsylvania Dutch language correspondent for the weekly German newspaper Scranton Wuchenblatt, described a failed attempt to assert the Belsnickel into a society largely dominated by Santa Claus. A father named Benjamin Derbench attempts to play the Belsnickel, but chooses a more theatrical means to enter the house through the chimney, Uh-oh. like Santa. He gets stuck and calls for help, but his wife does not recognize him. Instead, thinking he is a burglar, she starts a fire and tries to smoke him out. Oh my god, but he's stuck! (laughs) She eventually realizes her mistake and cries, quote, Dear God in heaven, I believe it is Bench who wanted to play the Belschnickel. End quote. With the help of the neighbors, they lower a clothesline to the chimney to extract him, but the loop catches him around the head when they proceed to pull him free. Oh my god. He's fine. Bench is finally lowered onto the roof, blue in the face from the rope, completely disheveled, rumpled, and torn. The author remarks that it took a long time and a half pint of whiskey before he returned to his senses. In the end, his wife solicits a promise from Benjamin, quote, he swore that this would be the first and last time that he would go bell-snickling, and he begged her to tell no one, but somehow words still got out. <laughs> she, you know she showed up at church. She's like, you will never believe what happened. I just love that. I just love this. Somehow word still got out. Of course it did. Yeah. One, you have the wife. Two, you have him screaming in the chimney. Three, you have the people who are trying to get him out. One of them is the going to talk. The children. The children. That are, they go to school, they're like, Papa got stuck in the chimney. Oh my gosh. Ridiculous. It made me, I'm crying now. It was so funny. Because <laughs> I read, I, I was reading through it, and it's a very dense article. Like, there's a lot of stuff in there. It's mm-hmm. a lot of history. It's really interesting. And then I got to this point, and I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> Makes me so happy. Obviously, luckily, he's fine. But a cautionary tale for anyone wanting to play it bell-snickling themselves. Stick to one tradition. Don't try and make it your own. Yeah. Just stick to what, you know, stick to the status oh, quo. Oh, oh, oh. Stick to the stuff you know. You wanna be cool, but what's the rule? Don't mess with the flow, no, no. Stick to the status quo. Well done. That was the first show that Liam was in. I know. I love that. I think you've talked about it on the show. It just surprises me every time. Just, like, how good he was. Not that and it's surprising, but, like, yeah, the <laughs> fact that he was like, no, nah, I'm good. I don't want to be on stage, but I'm like, you're so good, though. But you're all but you're Perfect. <laughs> he is really good at it. Bell Snickle is now a staple in these Pennsylvania and Shenandoah communities where he visits ce- Christmas celebrations and festivals as an unkempt and grouchy cultural icon. Love it. I That is what I would like my lower Serving third to be. looks. <laughs> uh, unkempt and grouchy cultural, cultural icon. icon. Me. Emma Kiley. <laughs> While there aren't really any theories associated with this one, Bell Snickle has popped up recently. 
There are breweries. 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 <laughs> breweries. There are breweries. One <laughs> in Adamstown, Pennsylvania. Another at State College, Pennsylvania, that both brew Bell Snickel beers, a lager and an ale, respectively. Stanley will know what the difference is. I have no clue. Nor do we care to find out. Nope, I'm good. You were saying... <laughs> In 2000, <laughs> do you ever laugh because someone else is laughing and then laugh at the fact that you're laughing at someone laughing and then it just gets too funny? That's it. That's the show. That's the show. I'm just not going to look at you. Don't. <laughs> In 2000, Chet Williamson published Pennsylvania Dutch Night Before Christmas, which was a picture book that included Bell Snickle in the traditional story. I haven't read it, but I kind of want it now because that oh. sounds like I want to know where where he put yeah. it. In 2020, Bell Snickel is the antagonist on a mission to destroy Christmas in the Christmas Chronicles 2. So mm. now he's not a helper. He's now like, yeah. I don't like I it. I could see that coming. Yeah. Yeah. And probably the most famously for the millennial audience, Bell Snickel was featured in the season nine episode of The Office titled Dwight Christmas where Dwight dresses as the Dirty Santa and terrorizes his co-workers throughout the day and at the company Christmas party, trying to ascertain if they are, quote, impish or admirable, end quote. <laughs> and, of course, he hits them with this switch. Hmm. That was in 2012. Gotcha. Yeah. It is a very funny episode. For the older generation, Belschnickel is a figure of terror and nostalgia. For others, he is a funny and foreign experience. But for children, as Don Moyer says, quote, the Bell Schnickel seems to be something altogether different, a mythical source of wonder, an uneasy excitement, and a profound element of wildness in a seemingly tame and predictable world, end quote. I took that fully from the last line of his entire article. It was a great article, you guys. It was really fun to read. There's a lot more history involved of, like, where the tradition might have come from because it's very speculative. He gets conflated with a lot of other Christmas companions. Mm -hmm. So, like, obviously they talked about Krampus and Krampus and him might come from the similar, Mm -hmm. like, pagan ritual that translated into this. Mm -hmm. All that. But really interesting. The photos... Of the people who are belschnickling uh-huh. in, like, the turn of the century, they're great. Once you get to the 1950s ones, they start wearing those, like, masks. Oh. Those, like, plastic masks that are absolutely no. terrifying. And they're, like, standing there in, like, you know, sweatshirts and yeah. furs and things like that. And they're wearing these masks. And I'm like, this is uncomfortable. No. This is some The only people who can shit. get away with that are that one dance crew from America's Best Dan- Dance Crew. Jabberwockies. So niche. Something like that. I have no clue. It, it was a thing. They, like... What are they wearing? What masks? The white ones. Oh, I'm I'm talking like these are these are masks that look like Santa or look oh. like a devil or like I see like that rather than just like the ski masks that you or like no they're the, like the white plastic yeah I know what you mean yeah yeah also terrifying but like 1950s plastic with fake hair on it it's so oh, gross yeah it's no, real thanks. gross. No, thank you. But yeah, a short but sweet one to get you in the holiday mood. It's the holiday season. The holiday season. 
What I think I would like to ask uh-huh. is, is there a tradition either that your family has that you want to keep and continue through if you have, like, your own Christmases at your own place? Mm-hmm. Or a tradition that you like that other people have done that you want to start? That you want to steal? Yeah. I feel like if I ever have young people in my life, I'd like to do the, like, like it's an advent calendar of books. Like, you oh, wrap yeah. books that you already have. Yeah. But, like, that's your, like, bedtime story kind of vibes. That's really cute. Yeah. Or, like, what's the – is it – the Icelandic, like, book flood yeah. thing where it's, like, everybody gets a new book on Christmas Eve and, like, PJs and you just, like, stay, stay up, up and, and you read. Yeah. I'm, like, yeah. I'm into that. Huga. Huga. <laughs> I'd sing the song from the Frozen musical, but I don't know it. But there's a song about Huga. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. That's adorable. The spa family sings it. The, Cute. Like, yeah. Big summer blowout. Him and his family. That's adorable. That makes sense. Yeah. Currently, we don't necessarily have any, like, traditions that we've, because we're going to, like, Stanley's family or my family on certain Christmases. One of the things that his family does that I really like is that his mom's family is Danish. And they have a tradition of having a real tree with lots of the branches cut back, but having certain ones full forward so that they can put candles on and light the real candles. Mm-hmm. There's a, the, everything's safe. The, the, the tree has never gone up or anything like that, but they light the candles. Yeah. Knock on wood. They light the candles and then they sing silent night. And then they have everyone take the um, snuffer or whatever it is and mm-hmm. snuff out all the candles so that it's completely dark. So it's like you turn off all the lights and you sing Silent Night. And it's really pretty. And it's really like everyone's, even if you're not great at singing, you're there because it's like the vibes are great. I'm trying to think if there's anything specific for out, or like for us that I really would enjoy. I am hoping to instill, because we're still, <laughs> we're still recording this before Thanksgiving, you guys. Hi. But after Thanksgiving dinner, immediately decorating for Christmas. But having everyone help Mm -hmm. to decorate for Christmas so it feels very, like, festive and everyone's together and doing it and it's a a group activity. Like, I really enjoy that. Or at least the thought of that. So we're going to try it this year. We'll see if uh, (laughs) – I I don't know. I like it. I'm going to not be surprised if you or Stanley is like, no, but don't put it there. Like, put it over there. (laughs) Because that's what I would be doing. Yeah, like, be like, no, that doesn't go there. Emma's been, you know, Emma and I have been through many a Christmas season. And yes. she always laughs at me when I give her a tour of my tree. Because I, like, it makes me so happy. it a very particular way. Like, all the Sweetbriar-related ornaments go here. But, like, Sweetbriar's mascot is a fox. So, like, that section kind of melds into the outdoorsy section because there's a bunch of foxes. And then that, like... It, it has a very particular way. Like, I can't just, like, willy-nilly put them on. Whereas me, I'm like, I would rather have them completely, like... Oh, gosh, no. Well, I was thinking about this, too. So Stanley's family does every... Or they did when they were kids, because there's four of them. Every year they would get a new ornament. Yep. And then I they, do like that. Yeah. And then they keep it... Like, so that when it, they move out, exactly. they have their own collection. Which I adore. I think that's Such so sweet. Idea. Whereas, like, in my family, obviously, my parents have tons of ornaments, and some of them are associated with us, but they're my parents' ornaments. Yeah. So I think that I would really enjoy 
doing that as a tradition. Yeah. Um, and right now I myself only have about four ornaments. So one of them is a pipe, one of them is a typewriter, one of them is a ball, and one <laughs> of them is a book. So all Emma related things. Yes. So to find you like yeah you have to get me like a mothman oh I, that's a lie that i have i have five because i have the yeti that you gave me last year oh yes yes so the appropriate the appropriate christmasy <laughs> cryptid love it uh all right well write in and tell us are you a color lights or a white lights person do you have a particular way you put your decorations on the tree if you don't celebrate christmas like wh- what are the what festive are things that you enjoy what else was i gonna say i don't, I don't remember but remember this podcast doesn't, doesn't exist, exist. How did we harmonize? That was so good. Oh, my God. We're not like other girls. We're not like other girls. Okay, love you. Bye. Bye. Leave us a review or leave us alone. This episode was researched, co-produced, and edited by Emma Kylie. Co-produced and marketed by Shannon McCarthy. Our theme music was composed and performed by Tom Emsley-Smith. The mailbag theme music was composed by Liam Kiley.